1: Good morning, and thanks for joining us today. It's Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner and associate professor of preventive medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me today, I have Tara Blumenthal with Tara Yoga, and that's what we're talking about today is yoga, and this is an update from four years ago, which is the last time I had her on the show when I promised to start yoga and um, I had a little a little delay in getting that started, but I am happy to report that I have started yoga and have fallen in love with it. So I want to talk about the practice of yoga today, maybe dispel some myths that are out there related to yoga. And if you're like me, and we're just flat scared to try it, I hope that we will be able to help you with some of that uh, that fear today as well. If you have a question or a comment for us, our number is one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464. And you can always email us fit at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Tara.
0: Hello. Thank well, you for having absolutely.
1: me. Absolutely. I'm so glad to have you in. And I did. I was like, when did I have her on before? And I googled it. And it was July 2018. So we're right at four years since you were here last time. And that's entirely too long. Uh, but I was a little bit I was a little bit ashamed because I hadn't hadn't tried the yoga like I thought I was going to. It was seriously one of my biggest fears was to try yoga, step out of my comfort zone. Um, but I did it. And we've been doing it about a month now. And it is absolutely wonderful. And I know that you could talk forever on yoga. What so yoga? <laughs> what yoga is? So it's a little bit of a loaded question, but and most people kind of have a general understanding of what yoga is. But if you can kind of give us
0: just a little, little bit of information about the practice of yoga, sure thing. And you know, I really, I cautiously speak only for what I do because there's so much out there. Um, so there's a lot of information and misinformation mm. out there. Uh, what I tell people first off is like. Um, as it relates to oh my, you know, I have a little low back pain, and then they Google yoga for low back pain, and just please hear me clearly, friends. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, first off, you should go see your doctor if mm-hmm. you're having back pain, and and definitely yoga can be complimentary. But I think um, if if you've never done yoga before and you're curious about it, you should reach out to a, an instructor or a studio and talk to them before just cold call walking into a class there are lots of different styles of yoga Um, some are more aggressively physical and in my opinion as an 18 year teacher um, dangerous not not helpful Mm -hmm. you know we say risk versus the reward and then some of the practice can be super super beneficial but again all in line with where it falls on your treatment plan right so um, physically yoga is for me and the way that we teach it is a strength builder. So a lot of times people use the F word. I'm not going to get in trouble with MPB. My (laughs) F word is flexibility. I know. I hope you guys are listening now. Um, But we throw the word flexibility around really not understanding it. And so one of the things that we try to retrain folks on is you don't need to be as humanly flexible as you can be because then there's no stability. Mm -hmm. There's no boundary in your body. And so it doesn't necessarily help. Being overly flexible can hinder you just as much as being bound up and only lifting weights and getting really bulky and tight. And so I think if somebody said, give me one word about yoga, I would say balance. Mm -hmm. I I oftentimes will tell people yoga is about finding the place in the middle, not bouncing between extremes. So we're trying to keep a kind of a solid, clean line of a movement practice that's going to benefit us in our everyday lives. Yeah, I have no desire to see you put your leg behind your head. I don't really good, want... Good, because I will yeah. not be doing that. <laughs> I really don't want you to do that, and I don't want to see it. So, um, you know, we've, we've kind of changed the conversation over the years, and I still feel oftentimes in the industry like, I'm swimming upstream, but now I'm not str- swimming upstream alone. Mm. People are like, oh yeah, this is accessible, and Enjoyable, And as you know, I do like to joke a little bit in class, not to be irreverent, but to kind of level the playing field that mm-hmm. we're, we all suffer. We all struggle. We all have stress. And we're just trying to, you know, take one good step forward towards our health.
1: Yeah. And there's several things you said there that I want to kind of highlight back on it. it yoga can absolutely be used to assist with chronic pain and different musculoskeletal issues. But getting the correct diagnosis is fundamental to that. So, you know, don't just go, you know what? My back hurts or my neck hurts or my shoulder hurts. I'm going to go try this. Like, talk to your healthcare provider. Make sure that it's not going to worsen it in the short term. You know, I usually say there's nobody too sick to do some form of physical activity and exercise, but we want to make sure we build it correctly for you on the front end so that we don't make you worse with that or you don't start too advanced and hurt yourself in another way. You know, the second piece of that is... You know, talking with somebody who teaches yoga and telling them your concerns, your limitations, those kinds of things so that they can put you in the right class because there's different kinds. And when I read the description of those and I consider myself fairly knowledgeable about physical activity. I be like, I don't know which one of those I'm supposed to be in. You know, like, do I go to to gentle or flow or? And I still don't know what those words means. And that's okay because right. I trust you to put me where I'm <laughs> supposed to be. <laughs> I think I, th-
0: I can. I think I can speak to that pretty honestly. I think what's happened uh, commercially or or in a corporate world for yoga is that people want to help, so they they don't really know how to run a business. Uh, they don't understand exactly how to help people. I just think that yoga is good for everybody Mm -hmm. and everybody just starts at the same place. And so um, if you look at descriptions, they're all kind of elusive. Yoga class descriptions are usually very elusive. You're not really sure, well, you know, if I have an injury, can I come to this class? If I've had surgery, can I come? I'm actually probably one of the only folks I know when when people will call and say, you know, well, I've had surgery. I'm like, well, we got to talk about your doctor clearing you for surgery. Is your PT willing to... Uh, talk to me about what you guys are doing in PT to make sure we're not, you know, doing something that's counterproductive. So, yeah, it's really important that, that we start to open up the conversation. Yoga can be helpful, but as helpful and powerful as it is, and it has been for me, I'm, I'm a huge spokesperson for the benefits, too. It can be equally that detrimental if you don't uh, take it in the right dose, I think is what I like to say. Oh, yeah.
1: That's an absolutely perfect way to put it. And, you know, we talk about prescribing exercise on this show a lot. And if you are a regular listener to the show, you'll hear me talk about kind of the three big parts of, of physical activity. There's that cardio piece, which is, you know... A lot of times people think of running, walking, swimming, those kinds of things, getting that heart rate up. There's the resistance piece, which a lot of times we equate to lifting weights and those kinds of things, but absolutely does not have to be, Um, you know, body weight exercises, those types of things, and then flexibility. And so just like you mentioned, it's not one over the other, right? Like, I don't want to have a detrimental impact on your strength and your functionality for extreme flexibility. What I like about yoga and what I've learned about yoga over the past month is it's kind of all three squished together. Like I was sweating like a beast last week. It was not attractive, but it's much more of a a strength workout than you than I had thinking about it going going into the process. So yeah. that was a little eye opening for
0: me. 100% well, same for me when I started. So um I was very well aware that I wasn't flexible. And so that's why I didn't start. You know, mm-hmm. all, it kind of was getting trendy and, you know, in Mississippi, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be terrible at this. So I, I pushed off because I, I knew I wasn't flexible, not understanding that also I was so weak. And so all of the poses, every, all of the movements were hard. Mm-hmm. Even relaxation was hard for me, not because I wasn't exhausted by the end of the class, but because I had some significant low back pain. And so laying flat on the floor wasn't mm-hmm. an option. And now, um, I mean, I'm, I'm here to say I relax like a champ. <laughs> uh, and I want everybody to be able to do that. And that was kind of my, my initial is like, if I can do this, mm-hmm. you know, anybody can. Yeah. And that was my, my naive thought uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And now I do think that, in the, again, in the right dose, people can do it. But the strength part of it is is the, always the surprise from people. Um, I've worked with athletes before. And the first mistake they make is they they come in, like literally they do legs and then they come to see me. And I was like, that was a bad idea, (laughs) Um, you know, because because we are still using the muscle. I think that the the biggest misunderstanding is that yoga is passive stretching. Mm. And and honestly, passive stretching is where you where you do the most harm to the ligaments and the tendons. And most teachers don't know how to actually get you into active stretching, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of what we do. Which yeah. is why you're like, "Oh, this isn't near as bad as I thought it was," because mm-hmm. everybody, every class period is—they're doing their own thing. They're still trying to figure out how to communicate with their body, and you know, maybe just one day you come in and it's an off day, mm-hmm. but you showed up. Yeah, and so it, we kind of give you permission to to to. to turn your knob of intensity up and down as needed and I don't think a lot of um a lot of workouts don't don't let you do that
1: yeah and you know it's about listening to your body and (laughs) and those kinds of things which I've had to to humble myself a little bit with uh, as well because again I consider myself to be in pretty good physical condition but this is different and so I can't I'm not going to perform at the level that I do with exercises that I'm very familiar with and especially in you know different ways to move your body. So it's really been an interesting experience. I'm Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
0: What is Chalkboard Chat? It's an MPB education podcast. It's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers, students, parents, guardians, and everyday people on various topics. It's learning something new with every publication. Chalkboard Chat. Find the podcast or listen from chalkboardchat.mpbonline.org.
1: Thanks for tuning in today. You're listening to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell. Joining me today, I have Tara Blumenthal, and we are talking about yoga today. If you have an experience with yoga that you want to share with us or a question or a comment, we'd love to talk with you today. Our number's 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. So before the break, we talked about what yoga is, but let's talk about what yoga is. Isn't because there's a lot of kind of misconceptions, and I had them right. So, one of the top kind of misconceptions I had was that it was just all stretching, right? Which we kind of talked about that um, before the break. Um, I also had a misconception that. Like it, you were just supposed to know all the poses when you, and that you were just going to say, hey, get in the whatever. And, <laughs> and I was supposed to know what I was supposed to do to do that. And I do not know the names of any of those things. Um, and that I was going to be kind of judged by people in the room that I didn't know what those things were. And I mean, half of those are just my, you know. Failings as uh, having enough confidence to try something new, but it's not like that at all. First of all, our class that that I'm in currently is so diverse in terms of ages and you know medical conditions and you know all these kinds of stuff, and it's very very tailored. And you will say, you know, let's get in mountain pose, and I was like, I do not know what mountain is. I feel like that is probably not on the floor, so I am not going to get down. And then you like showed us what it was, and so I'm learning and not scared I will say the very first class I was, I had gotten stuck at work, so I was like right on time, and the only spot was in, in the front of the room. I had very much planned to hide myself in the corner in the back, but that was not to plan, so now I have me a spot right up front, and it is just fine, and I'm learning all kinds of things. But I think that, you know, we see it on television a lot, you know, and people just.
0: Totally misrepresented.
1: Right, which yeah. most things on television mm-hmm. are, are represented, but <clears throat> we see people just, you know, like super quiet and, you know, very, very focused and just moving through all of these poses. And that's not really what mm. it is. And my favorite statement that you make is, well, that's exciting. Like when we get into a different pose, wherever we're supposed to be feeling it, you're like, hmm, isn't that exciting? And when I started, I was like, that's not the word uh, yeah. that I would use to describe
0: what we're doing right now. <laughs> but it kind of is. right? Because... It's waking up parts of your body. I I mean, for me, it was like, I didn't know that was there. Right. I mean, honestly. And I think, you know, I think there's this um, kind of surrealness around yoga. Like, it's very mystical and Mm -hmm. and mysterious. And it shouldn't be, Mm -hmm. at least not what we do. It's like, you know, if you can't feel something, that's actually not a good thing. Right. Right. Like, you think about, well, if you can, if you have a, a level or a gauge, a measuring stick, so to speak, for pain, um, then you know. Well, this is too much, and I think that's um, a, a big misconception: is that if you don't feel something, then keep going until you feel it. That is probably the most dangerous mm-hmm. thing, and a lot of teachers don't know how to work with people who are, are already overly flexible and really weak, and so they just keep pushing them: go more, go more, go more. And that's where injury happens. And truthfully, they won't injure themselves in that first class. It'll be it's it's more like wear and tear on the joints, repetitive mm-hmm. motion. So that's kind of a bummer that people don't really realize that. Um, For the most part, uh, I'd say 80% of the people that I work with on that big, wide range demographic, age, male, female, different medical issues, 80% of the people that I've worked with over the years have some kind of ability to feel like in their body. However, there's a 20% that I say, how does this feel? And they have no idea. Mm. And so those are the people that I want to be even more tender with. Like, well, let's let's build a a relationship with your body where you start trying to feel. And, you know, I mean, you're a doctor, so you get it. Like the the physical feeling and the emotional feeling can sometimes be super connected. Mm -hmm. And you got to be really careful. Right.
1: Well, yeah. And that that transcends just. You know, pain. It also goes into what we're trying to help people with that are dealing with anxiety and, you know, these different kinds of things is recognizing the sensation of when you're starting to feel anxious. Right. And then, first of all, accepting it. Right. And then figuring out how to change how we think and respond to that anxiety, which is is the same here. You know, when you feel something in your body, does it does it feel right? Does it feel bad? Right. Yeah, right. Um, Are you getting
0: a signal, this is terrible? Exactly.
1: <laughs> and then what do you do with that? You know, has, it, when I started an exercise, which would have been, you know, as a teenager, you know, in the weight room at, at high school, nobody ever said, does that hurt? Stop. You know, mm-hmm. it was just... Here, Mm. keep, keep, you got 30 more of those to do, let's go, you know, and so really listening to what your body is trying to tell you to do and realizing that you don't have to continue to hurt it to get results, to get results, right? Or if it's not working the area that it's supposed to be working, how do we change that, right? Um, One thing that I've noticed you ask in class is, where are you feeling that? Do you feel it here? Do you feel it here? And then you'll be like, or do you not know? And sometimes I'm like, I don't don't know. I don't know. Well, old school way
0: to teach yoga is to um, there's uh, old school, I call it old school or classical, which I don't do, but just to differentiate would be to say, okay, friends, this is the pose. This is where your foot's supposed to be. This is where your hand is supposed to be. You know, and you get someone in this kind of um, statuesque version of a quote-unquote pose, and then the teacher tells them you should feel this here. Mm. And our her bodies are so different, and, and and there are so many different ways to do a variation of the pose well that's optimal to your function. And then there are just straight up wrong ways to do the pose, like things that are detrimental to your joints or whatever. But I think that's the biggest mistake is that teachers and i'm i'm 18 years in and i'm like i'm still asking Mm -hmm. what do you feel Mm -hmm. um the model that we have now is also super different like it's not a free-for-all you can't just walk in and drop in um which is is very teacher friendly for me because that means i can serve the group that's coming in much much better as opposed to having a class planned somebody walking in like say oh um uh four months pregnant and i want to do your yoga class is that a good idea? You walked in two minutes earlier. I don't have time to actually talk to you about your medical right. history. And I want to know. Like, I actually, I want to know because I want to make sure you not only have a good experience, but you're keeping yourself safe. Whether you're pregnant or dealing with, you know, lumbar issues or, or actually even things that you don't know you have. Right. You know, there, there yep. may be something underlying that you haven't gone to, to check out. I'm a big uh, fan of modern medicine, by the way. <laughs> so sometimes people get frustrated because I'm like, "You can't come back to class until you're cleared by your doc," yeah. you know. And they're like, "But I," and I'm like, "Nah." Yeah.
1: Well, it's just all about what are we trying to accomplish yeah, with yeah, physical yeah. activity, right? Yeah. We're trying to either maintain our current functionality mm-hmm. and you know, or you know, increase or increase current functionality. Right. So my my F word around it is functionality. Yeah. Right. Because that is so important for me as a healthcare provider is making sure that people are able to live the life that they want to live. You know, and we were talking about that after a class the other day. You know, my goals for myself in terms of health are not going to be the same as the goals of someone else for their health, and that's okay. It's not my, you know, it's it's really not my job to tell you exactly what you should be doing. It's my job to listen to what you want, like what you tell me you want for your future and for your health. And if right. it's to come off of medicines, we work towards that, right? If it's to be able to bend over and tie your shoes by yourself we work on that right if it is to not be in pain all day every day we work on that right Right. and so then you know i I point out and and look at the areas of your lifestyle that are contributing to pushing you farther away from where you want to be or pushing you closer to it you know and that's what we kind of have to to keep in mind like if you send someone away from yoga class it's not saying don't come to yoga it's saying talk to your healthcare provider yeah make sure that all of these things are are okay right and then let's sit down and talk about what your goals are for things right. and how we can build you the safest program to be able to do that
0: you know in, in general i find that a lot of times people will have a medical condition or an injury and not really understand the the, the nature of the extent of it mm-hmm. whether they weren't explained it or they don't want to know and so i, I do oftentimes say like yoga is about building first a relationship with yourself and if you start to have a good relationship with yourself which is not easy i'm no. not i'm not painting the like sweet and flower picture of mm-hmm. that but if you start to build a healthy relationship with yourself and it's a it's not a i'm here i'm there i've achieved this now i don't have to work on it you start to understand this daily thing your relationships are better mm-hmm. like all of my relationships got better when i started being honest with myself about my terrible relationship with myself mm-hmm. you know and so Relationship meaning. First off, you go into yoga, and where are you? Like, where's my right hand right. versus my left hand? Right. Like, even that uh, simple relationship, you start to build a pathway, like a, a mental pathway. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that's really important for people to understand. And also tell people, like, I am, I'm, I'm an acquired taste. The way that we practice, it's an acquired taste. Um, I say that about
1: myself a lot too. Right. I call myself mint chocolate chip ice cream. <laughs> like, you either really, really like me, or, or I'm not your thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, you know, I do I do have a very tender and soft spot for people who suffer. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people see that on the outside for me, and they're attracted to that tenderness. But there is a a balance to that, mm-hmm. that it needs to be. And so I am going to be honest with people. I'm not going to pat you on the back for doing headstands at home. I'm like, that's a bad idea, mm-hmm. you know. It's not a – everybody's doing yoga, so it's okay. I'm like, if you're not moving in a healthy – Um, order orderly way in Mm -hmm. your body. I'm not going to affirm that Mm -hmm. not because I don't think you're good enough. It has nothing to do with your value. It has everything to do with. I've been doing this for a long time. I've seen a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and I've seen how, you know, the intention of movement is good, but the ultimate outcome can be detrimental if we're not building the healthy relationship with ourselves, not mastering the poses.
1: Right. Right. It's, It's really less about the poses and more about paying attention to where your body is in in, in, in space. space, right? Because sometimes you'll say, okay, put your hand here. And I have to actually stop and think, how do I get it there? I was the right? same way.
0: <laughs> I was the exact same way. You know, you're
1: like, put your hand on the inside of your foot. And I was like, huh, all Where's right. Where's my foot? What? How? That's the yeah. inside. All right, I'm going to do this. Well, well, I've never put my hand right there before, you know. Right. And so you really start to appreciate. And then you feel. Feel what that feels, you know. So I have very, very um, tight hip flexors and a lot of kind of chronic butt pain, like like the the muscles and in, in your, you know, when I sit for too long, they get tight. All these different kinds of things, just a very uncomfortable sensation. Piriformis syndrome would mm-hmm. be the 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 fancier term for that. And I've gone to lots of PT and had you know lots of work on those kinds of things, and that particular pose that you put us in where you used to put your hand here it stretched that muscle and never in my life would I have thought going to that particular position would stretch that muscle right but I listened and now I do that stretch every day Mm -hmm. because it helps it helps me it takes that pressure off of that area and you know Saturday morning, I woke up and I hurt all over. Like, I, I was like, what did I do? Probably in my from sleep? watching that
0: game. Right, probably. Yeah, that game did. <laughs> <Baseball> Ooh, game.
1: <laughs> it put me, Saturday was okay, Sunday. <laughs> I was a little anxious on that. But, you know, and my husband said, well, go get your stuff. Because he, he was like, and do what she taught you to do, you know. So it really does help with those kinds of things. And it's not a, a pose or a, a stretch that anybody has showed me before yeah, you know
0: and it's also again everything's orderly I, and I by no means am I saying I'm the only one who has the answers a lot right. of times people misunderstand they say well you think you're the only one I'm like well no not at all but I I am one of the few people that has taken a syllabus of yoga that's a million years old. Not really, but. And I'm like, okay, well, if we look at it from an anatomical perspective, functional movement, none of these are worth doing. Like, mm-hmm. what's the purpose? What's the purpose of this? Like, is this going to help you be um, a better person at your office when you're sitting for eight hours, right? right? So a lot of them, a lot I did throw a lot of, a lot of, quote unquote, fancy poses out because I realized, I was like, these are just kind of circusy.
1: Well, and they're just not getting us the result. Though. They're not wanting from a from a functionality standpoint. Right, right,
0: right. And so a lot of times it has to do with you, the the minute that you're in there what you're learning, what you're taking in and then the order. Mm-hmm. That that I can't stress enough yeah. is order of of movement. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. So that's that's one of my favorite. It's like uh nobody came to yoga cuz they wanted more chaos, you know. <laughs> no. Like no, thank you, you didn't come to yoga. It's funny that you say that your husband told you because mm-hmm. I've had um before, this is pre pandemic conversation. The few times that I would go to the grocery store, everybody knows my husband is um, the one that does the shopping in the family. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dave. Um, but occasionally I would run into someone at the grocery store, and it's usually a husband, and he would be like, thank you so much. <laughs> My wife is in such a better mood after yeah. yoga. And he was like, I wish you could come every day. Yeah. And I was like, well, technically like I suggest like two, one to two solid like hour practices a week mm-hmm. in addition to your cardio and your resistance mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And then, And then on the daily, it's daily maintenance. And yeah. people don't like for me to use this word either, but I'm always like, meditation y'all yeah even if you're not good at it like sit yeah just sit and quiet yeah so that would be like a you know total of like 20 minutes a day or you're doing some maintenance movement and then just checking in with um The attic is what I've heard. Uh, The space in your head. Oh, that's a good word for it. I stole that from Jason Bateman. (laughs) So I cannot take credit for it. Um, But he was like, you know, you got to keep your upstairs clean. And Mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know, you do have to keep Mm -hmm. your upstairs clean. And so um, I was also that person that was like, I don't know if I can teach yoga because I really didn't meditate at the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, and I had no desire. I was like, no, Um. I'm by nature a very fast-moving person, a very active person, and I didn't think I had the ability to to sit for even five minutes, and especially sit and enjoy. Yeah. And and uh, I, I'm happy to have proved myself wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Know? Like you proved yourself wrong. I about did. You I did.
1: I'm Josie Bidwell, associate professor of preventive medicine and nurse practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
0: I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, LegalTerms.MPBOnline.Org.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. on southern remedy healthy and fit i'm josie bidwell nurse practitioner at ummc and i have tara blumenthal here with me today she is the owner at uh, tara yoga and i mean spoiler alert we're talking about yoga today so uh, if you have a question or comment or you want to share your experience with yoga give us a call one mpb ring Before the break, we kind of had hinted at the kind of the meditation mindfulness piece. And before we dig into that too much, I want to take a step back and talk about kind of the things you should bring when you come to your first yoga class, because it was more stuff than I thought. Yeah.
0: Uh, So that is a post-pandemic response. Um, Normally, actually, we were the studio that provided everything for you. It was literally just show up. But because we were trying to be cautious with, prop sharing Which I very much appreciate. and germs, uh, we decided that we would have people bring most of the mm-hmm. essentials. And right. so essentials for our studio, again, I can't speak for anybody else, um, a yoga mat. yep. And I think the big mistake it, that people make with yoga is going, well, I probably need that really big, thick, mushy mat. And that slides out from underneath you. Um, You get stuck in it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, a thin mat is fine. And then we can use um, a yoga blanket or a towel. The other thing is... I'm not a big gimmicky person, so I'm not going to send you to the website with the most expensive yoga mat and tell you that you have to use this Mm -hmm. because your spirituality depends on it.
1: (laughs) I appreciate that as well.
0: Yeah. So um, I try to I actually when people sign up, I have an opportunity to kind of say, here's some sites to get some things for like relatively inexpensive. Mm -hmm. But it's basically a mat, a blanket and then two blocks. And the blocks uh, – this is funny. It's kind of controversial. I have no idea
1: what the blocks were for to start yeah, off with. and, and they're, they're my favorite thing.
0: And, you know, if you have blocks in the house with kids, they get creative. They're like, you can use a yoga block for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, back in the day, m- many, many moons ago, there was a split uh, amongst, if I can say, two yoga alleged gurus. And I use that word loosely about – you should be able to physically do all of the poses without the props. That is the advanced version. Mm. And then the other guy was like, no, 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 props all the way. And so these two serious dudes like split over this conversation, which is hilarious. And it would probably happen today if you put another person in the room who said you don't need anything. Mm. But here's what I'll tell you. I saw that the most important thing about those blocks is when we think about hip function and about what we're doing We do a lot of lunges, right, Mm -hmm. in yoga, in a regular yoga class. Friends, if you have an injury or something, that's not necessarily the case in other classes. But a lot of lunges and a lot of um, movement where you're going, you know, extension and flexion. And you can passively, because most people aren't strong in yoga when they come to class, that makes sense. You can actually, what I like to call, dump in the hips. And basically, you're just kind of um, weight-bearing. You're getting maybe too much pull in the ligaments or tendons or maybe – Um, If you've got some arthritis already, you're doing bone on bone. Mm -hmm. And so the blocks, in my opinion, help reposition you, get you out of your hips, make you use your legs more and use your hands less. And a lot of times in in, in yoga, arthritis can creep up in the hands because people are doing way too much with their fingers. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. our fingers aren't meant for us to be weight bearing in, (laughs) which is is kind of how it was originally taught. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like very rigid, put your hands on the floor, weight bearing on your fingertips Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And. And again, it's just you use common sense and you go for our bodies and and originally yoga was was practiced with people who sat on the floor daily, right? Mm-hmm. Hip hip mobility. Mm-hmm. We don't mm-hmm. unless you're doing yoga yeah. or you have a kid, and so it it's it, it bears a, a necessity to change the the conversation. So the blocks to me are that's a that's a no brainer.
1: Yeah, and what you know when we talk about joint movement right so all of the joints in our body and there are very very many and more than you would care to know about but each one of them has its own plane of movement whether that is just a forward and a, a back movement like a hinge joint or whether that is a full ro- rotation joint more like you can't, you can't see me but I'm, I'm spinning We're in here too um, you know more like what your ball and socket joints you would think of and they have a normal degree of motion in each one of those areas, right? And that degree in which you're able to to move that joint is affected by a number of things, right? It's affected by um, your strength. It's affected by your... job. Your job, yeah. It's affected by your job. It's affected by any kind of, you know, um, pathology you may have in that area, Um, use and disuse of those particular things. Pain often, you know, stops us from from going. So if you've ever gone to the doctor's office and they move, like they're doing a knee exam on you and they kind of move your knee in different positions, one of the things we're looking at is kind of degree of movement in those particular areas. And what I appreciate about the blocks is – not everyone is able to move a joint in the same degree of uh, of flexion or extension or, how, you know, whatever we're in, supination, pronation, whatever we're doing.
0: Yeah, and for sure. So,
1: you know, if we're doing a lunge, like you mentioned, right, and we're supposed to take our body down as far as we can go, some people are going to be able to just put their hands all the way down on the floor. And some people are just not, right? And those blocks are there for those people who may not and for those that are in pain if they do, you know.
0: The blocks are also there. This is the secret. Uh I'm going to share it with everybody to keep the people that can from not. Yeah. Because most of the time those people are using... too much of the f word flexibility, mm-hmm. and they're not building any strength, mm-hmm. and they won't build any strength. And and um, I've lost some students because of that. They get really frustrated. I'm like, you yeah, gotta use those blocks for this. Mm-hmm. And it's not about like not giving them permission to do the full version of the pose. It's right. more about like, when you're 80, you're gonna thank me yeah. later. You're gonna send me a note, and you're gonna be like, thank you for not letting me wear out my joints. Right. You know. Well,
1: and not wear out an associated part of your body right like i could absolutely put my hands on the floor in in a forward lunge but my back is going to round out when i do that right and that is not necessarily what we're wanting to accomplish and it's going to actually put more strain on my lower back and if if i had osteoporosis like what is that going to do to you know or
0: herniated does exactly
1: so it's about making sure that the pose is just not to look look cool it is to accomplish what we are trying to accomplish now let's talk about the blanket for a second because i was like why a a towel i understood because i was like i'll probably sweat um (laughs) a blanket i was like i i don't know what that's for and now i do but so talk to me about the blanket
0: uh yeah how we approach movement um the blanket can be a number of things Mm -hmm. uh once you get to the end of class i hope that if you've done a yoga class I hope that they've taken time to let you, quote unquote, relax Mm -hmm. at the end of class, and to dispel a myth on that. No, you will not lose all of what you just did. It's not that way. It's Mm -hmm. it's a really great pose in and of itself. But that's I could talk an hour about that. Mm -hmm. The blanket can help with um, some just basic uncomfortableness say cervical spine your neck Uh, you're not comfortable laying flat on the floor you could use it to um, prop your head or or create a cervical roll or you could put it under the thighs of the knees if you have some minor low back pain when you lay flat on the floor so that's that's a really um good prop for that but as far as like um movements like say we're doing a kneeling lunge a blanket under the knee is going to keep the knee kneecap from hurting Mm -hmm. um and then, uh, my favorite is the calf stretch. And you can use stuff at home. I usually tell people if you're, if you don't have the actual yoga blanket, use a quilt. It's, the fabric is a little more sturdy. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of my favorite little tricks is to use a blanket for a calf stretch. And, um, You know, we don't we don't think about the smaller places, the places far away. We think of bigger areas like shoulders and hips and that's Mm -hmm. it. But when you think about like the calves and the feet and the ankles, like there's all all these areas in, in our body that need tending to. And, so, uh, and the
1: feet and ankles are one of the kind of less paid attention to parts of our body and arguably one of the most important in terms of mobility and functionality. For
0: sure. You know,
1: I I tore my ankle all all up a couple years ago just walking because that's how I roll. And uh, I had to go to PT. And she the, you know, she's doing her assessment of me, again, measuring the degree of, of motion movement, yeah. that I had in that particular area. And she was like, okay, point your toes this way. And I was like, I am. And she said, "No, you're not." Yeah. You know, and I was like, "I well, I'm telling it to." You know, and I did not realize kind of how poor the mm-hmm. strength and mobility in my ankles were. You yeah. know, I mean, I don't routinely fall down. I mean, I fall down apparently more than I would like. But you know, by the end of that, my ankles were probably one of the strongest parts of my body because yeah. we spent so much intentional effort on it. And you know, the the blanket in the first class. We rolled it up and we put it underneath. Under your feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is the same movement and kind of part of the therapy that she had me do. We used mm-hmm. therabands for mm-hmm. that, you know, and actually kind of pulled on different things. Or we used incline wedges to stand on, which are not things the average. Person is going to have in their home, right? right? But sh- everybody got a towel yeah. or a blanket or a throw. Or, or a throw if you, you know, live something in the like south, that. you got a throw. Oh wow! Yeah. Throws are my favorite thing in the whole wide world. I have probably a thousand throws. Well,
0: and, and the other thing is, I, I really am trying to make yoga more accessible, not mysterious. Mm-mm. And so, when when people are new and they're having to buy all these things, I'm like, seriously, do not go and buy a yoga blanket. Right. Bring a beach towel. Right. And so I don't know if I don't know if you're a class or not, but there are certain classes where the beach towels are the talk. Like that's mm-hmm. a what a great beach yeah. towel. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so it's it's de- it's definitely important that we make it accessible to people.
1: I'm Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Thanks for listening to the Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit Podcast. If you have a question, you can email fit at mpbonline.org. For ongoing information on staying healthy and fit, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
0: Hi, I'm Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advisory and co-host of Money Talks. Each week, we take your personal finance questions and tell you about a money topic we hope you find helpful. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an
1: MPB Think Radio podcast. listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Josie Bidwell. Joining me today is Tara Blumenthal. And we have been talking all about yoga and my recent foray into yoga and how much I'm enjoying that. Um, I want to talk about the the mindfulness piece of it. Um, And really, in the past, we kind of called it meditation. And then now it's kind of leaning in the buzzword is is mindfulness, you know. Uh, And it can seem weird to people who do not normally do that and it is very i would say uncomfortable the first time you spend that alone time with yourself you know and and often harder to do than you think but like what what's the point in in doing that
0: in meditation Mm -hmm. Mm. how much time do i have (laughs) you have like five minutes so uh you kind of you kind of got the buzzword. Um meditation is again my my definition mm-hmm. is um giving yourself time to gosh check yourself before you wreck yourself. How about that? I love it. So in ideally most people meditate in the morning. And and the reason I say I do and I, you should do it then is because in any given day Uh, let's take a baseball reference, curveballs. And uh, you can handle a few curveballs, but lots of curveballs equal uh, a stressful, chaotic day. And the meditation time for me is I'm carving out time for my mental health. So it's like um, depositing a little bit of currency into my emotional bank account. Right. And, And if I don't do that, and I don't know where I am on any given day or what the stressors are that are coming or set my intention, so to speak, for the day. Then I'm I'm likely to um, not be as good as I could be at the things that I need to be good at. Yeah. Right. So what are your roles? And I always tell people, like, again, we're not doing any transcendental meditation or anything where you're not going to see purple unicorns with me uh, or anything like that. It's it's literally a check in with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, so what are your roles? Like, well, you know, if, yeah, I'm a stepmom, I'm, you know, a wife and um, you know, for the people that want to claim me as friends. And it's it's how can I be better at these things? Mm-hmm. And if I am not tending to my own mental health, really, to me, is kind of meditation, then I'm probably not going to be good for anybody else. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of it goes back to that mentality of like, you know, put your um, mask on. What is it called when you're flying? Put your, huh? you know, when you're flying in case of an emergency.
1: Oh, put your mask on before you help somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. It's I that, was not. I was. so sorry. Mm, that's okay. I'm with you now. I, I got pa- you.
0: I painted a very abstract for you on that it one. That was
1: okay. Well, when I saw Matt, you know, Matt, I yeah, was like, Yeah, we're thinking mask. pandemic. Not I'm bad. with you, though. I got mm-hmm.
0: you. So, yeah, it's kind of like that. I, I feel like, um again, a lot of mis- misunderstanding about what it is. And, it, again, it depends. Like, I tell people do your due diligence ask questions before you go in you know because you could be walking into something that is harmful to you mm-hmm. or just doesn't align up with your belief system mm-hmm. and um we are kind of a, a like all is welcome you know all is welcome um i've used it for a spiritual tool of course but it's not a forced thing like that you know um i had a, I had a teacher one time that that said uh, and i liked this a lot i've kind of carried it with me she said um for her, prayer was petitioning to God and meditation was listening to God. And I thought, how sweet is that, yeah. you know? Um, but I definitely think for me, meditation is like a tool, like yeah. warfare. Yeah. Uh, we're going in. Mondays are hard, yeah. you know? And so you just kind of be ready, armed up. And then it and then it kind of lets you approach everything with a little bit more tenacity and even maybe a little bit more grace, mm-hmm. maybe.
1: Well, you know, to me, it's it's going to be the, the content of what you – do in meditation is going to be different for every person and it's going to be when you first start you know everybody's like close your eyes Mm -hmm. you know Take some nice cleansing breaths, and right? then
0: they tell you to empty your mind. And that, you're never going to do that. That
1: sucker has never been no. empty ever. But what you can do is change the focus of things when, you, when you're doing that. And the first time you ever try to spend some some alone time in your attic, you it's you, messy. It is, and you're going to go down multiple rabbit holes. And I'm still in that point where. I My mind wanders and I start to think about all the things I didn't get done today or the things I didn't get, yeah. but what I'm focusing on now is how my body responds to that, yeah, right so when my mind goes that way right and I start to think about you know how many patients I have tomorrow or you know all this kind right. of stuff, I notice that I physically start to tense up like yeah. and it's usually in my shoulders mm-hmm. and my hips, the two areas that I'm the tightest right. and have the most discomfort in, you know, and so for me right now it's going. Oh, that's probably why I have so much discomfort in those areas, because that's where I hold my tension, right? So let me intentionally focus on relaxing that, knowing that in 30 seconds they may tense right back up. But when I notice that, I then relax it back out.
0: Yeah, you can use meditation to steer your mind out of obsessing over something that you can't control, right? Flip the switch. Um, You could use meditation for, I mean, I I did, I use meditation for grief reconciliation, Mm -hmm. which is a whole like deep dive. And I know uh, new meditators probably don't want to do something like that. Mm -hmm. But also you could use meditation for problem solving. Mm -hmm. Like you see, this thing won't go away. It's stuck in my mind. I can't let it go. Why? Right. Um, I, I call it root meditation, but get to the root of the thought. And a lot of times what you may discover is that Your intention is good, Mm -hmm. but your need to control it is out of your control. And so then we have to figure out what's the response. But it's a—I mean, I I did many years of problem solving, meditation, problem solving and loved it. Mm -hmm. And I thought I didn't stop thinking I thought more clearly. Yeah. So that's a that's a mind-blowing trick for you right there yeah it
1: it really is it's a work in progress for me i'm trying very very hard but i am becoming more aware of how my body responds to my thoughts and how i have control over that it's
0: the other dirty s word stress
1: Stress. (laughs) yes it is it is absolutely
0: thanks for listening to this mpb think radio podcast mpb depends on support from listeners so if you can Please contribute today at mpbonline.org. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877 MPB, the number four, car. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to Autocorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together.